Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast, thanks to each of you. This is episode 261, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. You can learn all the skills in the world, math, business, writing, but the right mindset will always trump them all. It's the great unlock to all other skills. Success and happiness come down to one single component, and that's mindset. In order to achieve our goals in life, our mindset needs to match those aspirations. And this is exactly what I pack into my free weekly newsletter. As a free subscriber, you receive the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter once per week, where I break down step-by-step processes to master your mindset and practical growth tips. If you haven't subscribed, but you enjoy the content I drop on this podcast, then you're missing out. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe for free to the Mastering Your Mindset newsletter. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Mental skills are essential for success in every area of life, yet they are seldom taught in school. Mental skills are the skills we use to manage our thoughts and emotions. They enable us to control our reactions to the events in our lives. They help us to stay calm in the face of adversity and make rational decisions when we're under pressure. So, What are these mental skills that schools fail to teach us? How can we start leveraging these skills in our lives? Number one, critical thinking. Critical thinking is a learned ability that must be taught. Most individuals never learn it. 
Everything in our life is at risk if we don't all learn to think more critically. Thinking critically gives us the ability to analyze logically and comprehend the logical link between concepts. Critical thinking skills are a fundamental skill for success in all areas of life. The consequence of our inability to process and analyze information effectively can act as a massive speed bump in our success. Most people go through their entire lives learning only how to parrot other people's ideas, not how to have their own ideas. It's critical that we understand the world is a conversation, not a chorus. Our jobs aren't to memorize what someone else thinks. It's to draw our own conclusions. So, you're probably wondering, what are some critical thinking skills I need to master that aren't taught in school? First, pattern recognition. The crux of this is figuring out what things have in common. Our brains are pattern recognition machines. We constantly analyze the similarities between people, events, and scenarios to make decisions. Pattern recognition is how we deduce danger. It's also how we prosper. Next, reverse engineering. This is about figuring out what's required. It's nearly impossible to create anything if we can't first picture it in our mind. Effective thinkers begin with the results in mind, and they work backward to determine what steps they need to take. The whole informs the parts. Inference. This is about figuring out why something happened. We won't always have all the facts, and a smart person doesn't always need them. They're able to analyze scattered facts and make deductions about why and how certain outcomes came to be. Next, prediction. This is about figuring out what will happen next. Cause and effect runs our lives. We must constantly determine the consequence of our actions. If we can't deduce an action's outcome, we can't make beneficial decisions. And if we make bad decisions, we tend to lead horrible lives. Lastly, synthesis. This is about figuring out what's important. We sort through loads of information daily. Retaining what's relevant and discarding what's not is critical. Our brains are incredible, but they function best when we're able to focus on what matters and ignore what doesn't. Number two, how to formulate good questions. With information everywhere, our barrier to access becomes our ability to ask good questions. But we have to know how to be specific about the knowledge that we seek. As the famous quote goes, there are no bad questions, only bad answers. This sentiment captures the importance of formulating good questions. The quality of our questions can lead to greater knowledge and understanding. Good questions are precise, clear, and to the point. They are not too general or too specific. 
A good question stimulates critical thinking and encourages deep reflection. It should also be something that we are truly curious about. So, you may be wondering, how can I formulate good questions? First, be clear about what you want to know. We need to ask ourselves, what are we trying to understand? What is our goal? Trying to gain a general understanding of a concept is fine, but it will be much easier to formulate a good question if we have a specific goal in mind. Next, do your background research. This will help narrow down your topic and give you a better sense of what has already been done in the field. When doing background research, it is important to consult both primary and secondary sources. Primary sources are original documents or first-hand accounts of an event or phenomenon. Secondary sources provide second-hand information or interpretation and analysis of primary sources. Doing background research also helps us determine which type of question would be most appropriate for our topic. Factual, analytical, or evaluative. Factual questions can be answered with a simple yes or no by providing a list of facts. Analytical questions require interpretation and analysis. They cannot be answered with just a factual list. Evaluative questions require judgment and opinion. They often begin with phrases such as, to what extent? Next, be sure to word your question precisely. We need to word our question precisely so that it cannot be misinterpreted. If our question is too vague, it will be difficult to answer succinctly. If our question is too specific, we may find ourselves without enough evidence to support our argument. Next, think about who will be answering your question. Will it be you, a coworker, a professor, an expert in a particular field? The person who ultimately answers the question will help determine how complex or simple the answer needs to be. For example, let's say you're writing a paper on the effect of social media on teenagers' mental health. A potential question could be, what are the effects of social media on teenagers' mental health? However, this question might be too broad for someone without any prior knowledge on the topic. In contrast, a more precise version of this question might look like, to what extent does excessive use of social media lead to depression in teenagers? Good questions are essential for success and greater knowledge. Number three, how to vet ideas and takes. Information is overwhelmingly accessible. Anyone can go viral in today's world, but everyone has bias and reach does not necessarily equal quality. Learning to reverse engineer how someone came to a conclusion is critical. So in a world with so much content, how can we make sure that the things we're reading, watching, and listening to are worth our time? 
How can we vet ideas and takes so that we can focus on the signal rather than the noise? There are a few key questions we can ask ourselves in order to vet ideas and takes. Is the source credible? Does the idea or take stand up to scrutiny? What are the ulterior motives of the source? And lastly, how does this idea or take make me feel? Let's dive into each of these questions so that we can start critically evaluating the content we consume. First, is the source credible? There are a lot of people with opinions out there, but not all of them are experts on the subject. We need to make sure that we're taking our cue from someone who knows what they're talking about. Credibility is important, but it's not always easy to judge. So, one useful way to think about credibility is whether or not the source has skin in the game. In other words, do they have something to lose if their idea or take is wrong? If they don't, then they may not be as invested in being right as someone who does have skin in the game. Next, does the idea or take stand up to scrutiny? Once we've determined that the source is credible, it's time to put the idea or take under a microscope. Does it stand up to scrutiny? Can we poke holes in it? Are there any alternative explanations for the data or evidence that's being presented? It's important to be critical of ideas and takes even or especially if they come from sources that we trust. The best way to do this is to think like a skeptical detective. Gather all of the evidence and weigh it against all of the potential bias and agendas at play. Only once we've done our due diligence should we decide whether or not to believe an idea or take. Next, what are the ulterior motives of the source? It's important to consider what motivates the source of an idea or take. What are they trying to sell us, literally or figuratively? Do they stand to gain anything by convincing us of their point of view? Are they trying to warn us about something? Being aware of potential ulterior motives can help us better understand why someone might share a certain idea or take with us. It doesn't necessarily mean that their argument is wrong, but it's important to be aware of any possible bias so that we can make up our own mind. Lastly, how does this idea or take make me feel? Do you agree with it? Does it make sense to you? Do you feel like something is off about it? Our gut reaction can be telling, so make sure to listen to it. By asking ourselves these questions, we can start vetting ideas and takes so that only the best ones make it into our precious brain space. Number four, tools for thinking. Mental models, first principle thinking, and other tools for cr critical reasoning are incredibly valuable. We grow up being taught what to think, not how to think. But success is actually derived from good thinking practices. So what are some of these practices? First, mental models. Mental models are simplified representations of reality that we use to understand the world around us. Everyone has their own individual mental models. These are based on their personal experiences and beliefs. 
Mental models can be incredibly useful in everyday life. For example, let's say you're trying to decide whether or not to buy a car. You might use the mental model of cost-benefit analysis to help you make your decision. This would involve assessing the costs, for example, the purchase price, insurance, maintenance, and the benefit of owning a car to see if the pros outweigh the cons. When we're faced with a difficult problem, it can be helpful to try and identify the mental model we're using to approach it. Once we've done that, we can evaluate whether or not the model is appropriate for the situation. And if it isn't, we can try using a different mental model instead. Next, first principles, thinking. This is an approach that involves breaking down complex problems into their basic components or first principles. This allows us to reason from first principles instead of assumptions or analogies. In most cases, first principle thinking requires us to do some research so that we can truly understand the problem at hand. And this effort is often worth it as it leads to more innovation and creative solutions. For example, imagine you're trying to come up with a new product idea. A common way people approach this is by looking at what's already out there and trying to improve upon it. But with first principles thinking, we would start from scratch by considering what needs the product would address and what functions it would need to perform. Essentially working backwards from the ideal solution. This could lead us to develop a completely new product that no one has thought of before. Lastly, deductive reasoning. This is a form of logic that allows us to draw conclusions based on information that is known or assumed to be true. It is often used in mathematics and other scientific disciplines as a way of testing hypotheses and reaching sound conclusions. Deductive reasoning breaks down into premise, evidence, aka premise, and conclusions. A premise is a statement that is assumed to be true. The conclusion is what we're trying to prove. And evidence or premise are statements that support the conclusion. So for example, premise, all humans need food and water to survive. Premise, Jack is human. The conclusion, Jack needs food and water to survive. As you can see from this example, deductive reasoning relies on both logic and fact in order for the conclusion to be valid. It's important to note that deduction reasoning can only lead us from certain premises to a definitive conclusion. It cannot tell us anything new about the world. In other words, if our premises are false, then our conclusion will also be false. Remember, information in the 21st century is everywhere. Anyone can become well-educated on their own. So to recap, number one, critical thinking. Most people go through their entire lives learning only how to parrot other people's ideas, not how to have their own ideas. It's critical that we understand the world is a conversation, not a chorus. Our jobs aren't to memorize what someone else thinks. It's to draw our own conclusions. So we need to leverage the pillars of critical thinking. That's pattern recognition, reverse engineering, inference, prediction, and synthesis. 
Number two, how to formulate good questions with information everywhere. Our barrier to access becomes our ability to ask good questions, but we have to know how to be specific about the knowledge that we seek. The quality of our questions can lead to greater knowledge and understanding. So be clear about what you want to know. Do your background research, be sure to word your question precisely, and think about who will be answering your question. Good questions are essential for success. Number three, how to vet ideas and takes. Information is overwhelmingly accessible. Anyone can go viral in today's world, but everyone has bias, and reach does not necessarily equal quality. Learning to reverse engineer how someone came to a conclusion is critical. There are a few key questions we can ask ourselves in order to vet ideas and takes. Is the source credible? Does the idea or take stand up to scrutiny? What are the ulterior motives of the source? How does this idea or take make you feel? Number four, tools for thinking. We grow up being taught what to think, not how to think. But success is actually derived from good thinking practices. So leverage mental models, first principles thinking, and deductive reasoning. Remember, information in the 21st century is everywhere. Anyone can become well-educated on their own. This week's shout out is by Takumi who sent me a DM on Instagram. I recently found your podcast on Spotify when I was searching for motivational content and I'm very glad I did. I love listening to them on my drives and have been finding them really interesting and insightful. Keeps my headspace in check and helps lift my motivation up, especially when I'm finding it hard to do so. Thanks for all the effort you put into it all. Really appreciate it. For an opportunity to be next week's shout out, please leave an honest review on the podcast. Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Who knows? You just might be the next shout out. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into four mental skills schools never taught you. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.